this is Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by my co-worker, Curtis Guzman, once again, and we're going to help you get ready for week eight of the fantasy season and also talk about all things fantasy going on this week in the fantasy sports world. But before I get to that, I just wanted to mention this is the last weekend to sign up for fantasy basketball at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. You can still get into the leagues this weekend. We have all different price points, different formats to sign up for. You have to go to rtsports.com and sign up for fantasy basketball today. There's a fantasy basketball link at the top of the page. Go to rtsports.com, click on the fantasy basketball link, and sign up for a league today. Again, this is the last weekend you can sign up for fantasy basketball at Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined now by Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Once again, Curtis has been a numerous guest on my show and the podcast this We'll be on again this week. Curtis, thanks so much for joining me once again. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So before I get into week eight of the fantasy football season, I wanted to ask you a few questions about a few players, get your insights on them before we start talking about week eight. My first one's Chris Thompson. Is this guy ever going to slow down, or is he really a top ten fantasy back? I mean, right now he's seventh overall. Do you think this is legit, or is he just uh, overachieving at the moment? Yeah, it's been definitely an impressive streak for him. Uh, I think it, for the most part, I, I would consider it legitimate. I don't know if he finishes maybe in the top ten to end the season. Um, that that uh, would be difficult to do, but I can certainly see him in the top 15. I mean, you look, he has uh, five receiving targets in all but one game. Uh, he's had at least six touches in every game. He's had touchdowns in four of his last six games. So uh, he continues to be a part of his offense. Um, and I guess maybe an encouraging, encouraging sign last week was uh, with Rob Kelly back, he, he wondered, okay, well, there's another running back in the fold now, but um, Samadhi P. Ryan actually had zero snaps against Philly, so it was basically uh, two back uh, committee. Uh, P. Ryan's third in the pecking order, so you still feel comfortable about Chris Thompson's usage going forward. Yeah, I'm a little bit along your same lines. I'm not sure he's a top 10 back. I'm not sure he'll finish that high. But I do think he could be top 20 the rest of the way. Like you said, he's getting the targets on a weekly basis. We know the Redskins, they throw the ball often, so he's going to keep getting chances to make plays in the passing game. And as you mentioned, he's getting a little more uh, chances to run the ball, so that's encouraging too. So I think he will be a factor the rest of the way, and he, he's going to be able to help fantasy teams probably as a number two back uh, the rest of the way. So that's great news for Chris Thompson. And another guy I wanted to talk about is Larry Fitzgerald. He's currently, just like Thompson, he's ranked 7th overall in his position. He's 7th overall at receiver. But Carson Palmer's hurt. He could be out eight weeks. How much is this going to impact Larry Fitzgerald going forward? Yeah, definitely some concerns here. So I kind of go a little deep and look at each time um, Drew Stan started for the Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, so there's seven previous instances. Um, and basically Fitzgerald was averaging around four and a half receptions for 45 yards a game. And he only had two touchdowns over that span, and they both came in one game. So I mean, maybe throwing a touchdown here and there, but that kind of comes out to roughly about 10 fantasy points a game. And that's serviceable, maybe as a low in number two or a flex, but I certainly don't see him, at least with Stan starting, being you know in that upper tier of receivers. 
Yeah, this is really going to hurt him, in my opinion. Like you said, Stanton, he's produced a couple big games when he's gotten a chance to start, but he's also been really bad sometimes. So I think this does not bode well for Fitz at all going forward. I think he's a good sell-high candidate if you can still do it. You know, he still has name recognition. So before he really falls off the table and the stats start to suffer with Stanton starting, I don't think it's a bad idea to trade him because I think he could be outside the top 25 or so the rest of the way, which is not great considering where most fantasy teams likely drafted him. Now I'm going to move to the tight end position for you, Curtis. Uh, It's been a weird year for the tight end, in my opinion. There's a couple guys near the top that have probably surprised people uh, being a top five fantasy tight end, playing a little above their draft position. And it's been a strange season. So give me a fantasy tight end that's currently outside the top ten that you think could be a top ten fantasy season by the time fantasy tight end by the time the season's over with. Yeah, that's one uh, was a good question. I mean I lost between a couple guys, uh names like Hunter Henry, Tyler Cross, Kyle Rudolph come to mind, but uh in the end I think he probably land on the obvious one for a lot of fans silvers now and that's uh Jack Pettin, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, he's been a hot commodity lately. Um, since coming back from a season suspension in the beginning of the season, he's averaging around 12 fantasy points a game. Uh, the Jets, in general, not very good teams, so they're typically thrown to keep up with their opponents. He's um, seen at least four targets in every game since he's been back, and he's had three touchdowns in his past three games. So, and probably actually should have had a fourth if people remember about two weeks ago that fluky play against New England, but. Uh, he's definitely getting uh, his chemistry down with Josh Town. He's the best set down threat that Jets have, and I, I think certainly seems positioned to finish with in the top ten if the trend continues for him. So, Curtis, you took my guy. That's who I was going to say. But I'll give you somebody different. Uh, think outside the box a little bit. I, I do like Austin Sperry Jenkins a lot, and I do think he has a good chance to be top ten by the time the season's over with. I'll, I'll give you George Kittle of. San Francisco, his numbers have been better of late. He has at least four receptions, three games this year. He also has a touchdown. He's He has 17 targets. Before last week, he had 17 targets his previous two games, so I think that's very encouraging. And San Francisco's not very good. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. So I think Kittle's going to be a guy moving up the rankings, and he could push that top ten ranking by the, by the time the season's over with. So I'll, I'll say George Kittle. And that's it. And speaking of Kittle, he's a guy you could consider for a streaming option this week. And that's what I wanted to talk about with you for week eight. I want to really go into this streaming options for week eight. We have six teams on a bye. There's also a lot of other guys that are hurt. So let's delve into the streaming options for week eight. First position, give me a couple guys you think could be good streamers at quarterback in week eight. Yeah, so my favorite's probably – Kind of sticking with the Jets is uh, Josh McCown against Atlanta. Atlanta ranked 17 against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy leagues. Uh, Josh McCown's only owned in roughly about 50% of leagues, um, but he's been over 15 fantasy points in all but two games this season, and he actually has over 25 in the past two games. So uh, he is listed as day-to-day. He's on the injury report right now, but he was a full participant in practice. Uh, seen some... Kind of rhythm and flow now with the Jets offense. They continue to keep good and they're, they're playing opponents tough. So I like Josh McCown first, but um, if he's not there, other options you could look at would be uh, maybe like Case Keenum from Minnesota. Yeah, another guy I like this week is Case Keenum. That's the guy you just mentioned. He was at the top of my list. I like his matchup against Cleveland. They allow the ninth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. 
And uh, he has been pretty consistent. He has at least 219 passing yards, three of six games. He's moved the offense. His touchdown totals aren't great, but playing against Cleveland, I think he could get a couple scores. So he's one guy to consider. Another one would be C.J. Beathard of San Francisco. He's thrown for at least 235 yards each of his first two games. And he has touchdowns in each of those games. He plays Philadelphia, who's very good against the run, but they've struggled against the pass all year. They're 29th against the pass, allowing 273 passing yards per game. And this could be another game where San Francisco gets down and Beathard gets a chance to air it out against a pretty poor pass defense. So I like his chances to post some good numbers. So I think Keenan and Beathard are some good streaming options at the quarterback position for me. So now let's look at running back, Curtis. Who do you have there? Who's a streaming option uh, at running back? Uh, I think pretty deep for this, but I guess uh, someone has kind of popped up recently was uh, running back uh, J.D. Kissick for the Seahawks. Um, he's been seeing an increased role and should continue this week. Uh, the Seahawks Southern Pass catching running back C.J. Protice didn't practice yesterday, uh, which definitely opens the door for McKissick to continue seeing the ball in pass situations. Uh, he's had at least five touches in the past three games. He's only owned in roughly 25% of the fantasy league, so he should be out there for most guys. Um, probably not going to rack up a ton of yardage or anything, but if, you know, you know, especially in PPR leagues, if you can get around five receptions to them, five receptions, that should definitely help stuff. And then um, some more guys who are definitely higher owned in leagues, but may be able to find them out in the waiver wire would be you know, like a guy like Matt Forte or Dave Murray. Yeah, I actually have McKissick on my list as well. Uh, I think he's a good play. Like you said, he's owned in just 25% of leagues, and he's going to be the third down back most likely this week, and I think he'll get some chances. So another guy along the same lines, in my view, is another guy who considers Devontae Booker. He's owned in just 20, 21% of leagues, and he has seven receptions his last two games. He plays the Chiefs this week. Uh, but Denver's going to need a lot of points to win that game, so I think Booker has some reception potential, and we all know – that these running backs that have been catching the ball have been scoring very high this year, as we talked about Chris Thompson earlier. So I think it's a good target for fantasy teams when it comes to streaming to look at those backs that catch the ball. They can be out there on a lot of waiver wires. So I think they're a good idea to look at uh, guys like McKissick and Booker for this week. So speaking of catching the ball, how about receivers? Give Give me a streaming option at the receiver position, Curtis. Uh, so this week, I'm thinking Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he's been getting an increased role uh, every week with the Steelers, and uh, this week should be no different than others. Uh, Steelers wide receiver Marquez Bryant sounds like he'll be benched um, due to you know some ranting about uh, his role with the team and possible trade rumors and things. So uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster should be on the field for most plays. Uh, he did clear the custom protocol. He was on the injury report. He did practice yesterday. Um, so it's open to go for him. And, uh, he already has three touchdowns on the year. It seems like a pretty big, uh, viable red zone threat. So uh, I think he's definitely a solid option. And then maybe some other guys out there I uh, like as well as Paul Richardson for the Seahawks and uh, Bobby Anderson for the Jets. Yeah, Smith Schuster, I think his stock's rising a little bit, especially with his Bryant news. So I think he's a good option, not just for this week, but maybe going forward, especially if that offense gets clicking. A couple streaming options for me, Curtis. I like Marquise Goodwin in San Francisco. I got a lot of 49ers I'm talking about this week. I'm actually not really a huge San Francisco fan, but I just like them for fantasy purposes right now because there's a lot of guys that are available and they're passing the ball a lot. So I like Goodwin. 
He's available in about 85% of leagues. He has 80 or more yards two of his last three games. And he's been targeted at least five times all but a game this year. And as I talked about, the Eagles aren't very good against the pass. They allow the fifth most fantasy points to receivers. So I think Goodwin's a good streaming play for this week. And another guy I'll give you is Adam Humphreys of Tampa Bay. He did not have a good game last week, but he's another guy who's available in 85% of leagues. And before last week, he had six receptions three of his past four games. So he's been getting the work, and they're playing the Panthers in what I think will be a high-scoring game. So Humphreys is another guy that I think could help fantasy teams in week eight. Now let's look at tight end, Curtis. Uh, like I said earlier, there's it's been a strange position this year a little bit with some guys scoring at the top of the leaderboard that probably weren't expected. So give me a couple guys here uh, for streaming purposes for week eight. And the tight end position kind of hit hard this week with all the buys. And, you know, Lee Delaney Walker and Evan Ingram, those are two top ten guys that teams won't have available. So a uh, guy that I like, uh, I kind of mentioned before, is the Bengals tight end Tyler Croft. Um, he plays in Indianapolis, who they're ranked number 21 against tight ends. Uh, he's obviously been filling in for Tyler Eifert, who will miss the remainder of the season. Um, since Eifert got hurt, uh, he's seen at least four targets in every game, and he has three touchdowns in that span. So he's owned in roughly 60% of the league, so not a guarantee that you'll see him, but if he is, uh, definitely must own, I think, actually going forward, just given kind of the uncertainty around the tight end positions when you have guys like uh, Charles Clay Hurd or maybe Jared Cook being inconsistent. Uh, I think Crawford should probably be a good option going forward. And then uh, maybe other options could be uh, tight end O.J. Howard for the Bucks or tight end Vernon Davis for the Redskins. Yeah, I like Cross a lot going forward as well. He's produced well with his chances, and they like to look at that tight end in the red zone in Cincinnati. So I, I think he has some good touchdown potential. I have two different guys for you. I'll say Nick O'Leary of Buffalo. He's owned in just 12% of leagues. He has 50-plus yards, two straight games, seven total catches during that stretch. You get the so-so Raiders defense. And Tyrod Taylor really looked at the tight end this year. Charles Clay was the top five fantasy tight end before he was hurt. So I think O'Leary has some value for this week. Another guy I'll give you is A.J. Derby. He's owned in just 6% of leagues, so he's out there in most every league. He has six catches for 66 yards. Last week, and he has at least four receptions and 66 yards, two of his last three games. So he's becoming more involved in that Broncos offense. And as I mentioned earlier with Booker, I think Denver could be throwing the ball a lot in this game, playing against the Chiefs, and they could be playing catch-up against a very good Chiefs team, very good Chiefs offense. So I think Derby has some reception potential in that game. So we gave you a bunch of streaming plays here, gave our listeners a bunch of those. How about some hot plays for Week 8, some guys you want in your lineup for Week 8 of the fantasy season? Yeah, so talking about tight ends a little bit, um, with some of the main guys being out on bias or hurt, uh, I do like Chargers tight end Hunter Henry. Um, Chargers are at the Patriots this week. Uh, we've documented before the Patriots struggled on defense overall. Yes, they did look a little better against Atlanta last week, but... Um, they're still 27th against closing tight ends. Um, this game could be a shootout potentially. You know, two pretty high-power offenses. If you assume Malcolm Butler, the Patriots cornerback, shadows Keenan Allen, then that should open the door for Hunter Henry, who's seen double-digit points in his last three games uh, and at least five targets in each of those three games. So he had a slow start to the season, but he's definitely worked his way back into a prominent role uh, with the Chargers offense. Uh, and then one more hot play I like is uh, Eagles wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Um, 
finally living up to maybe the potential on um, his third year in the league. He was probably pretty uh, disappointing for fantasy owners the first two years, but uh, he comes in at number 20 wide receiver overall. Uh, his past three games, he's seen at least five targets and a touchdown in each of those games. And the Eagles offense is obviously just clicking right now. Uh, seeing with the last three games, Carson Wentz is going for 11 passing touchdowns. So uh, certainly, you know, I don't think Aguilar continues to rack up a touchdown per game the rest of the season, but he's clearly been a, a favorite of Carson Wentz in the rest of yeah, Aguilar keeps, has been a huge surprise to me. I keep waiting for him to come back down to earth, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to keep producing well, and I actually like him more than Alshon Jeffrey in that offense, which I thought I'd never say, but that's how I feel about Aguilar right now. And a couple of hot plays for me, Joe Mixon with the Bengals. He's was whining a little bit last week, wanting more work, and you can't blame him. He's produced with his chances. He had seven carries for 48 yards last week, and he finished the game with 68 total yards on 10 touches. So he averaged 6.8 yards per touch, and he, he's been making plays when he gets his chances. He just hasn't gotten the ball enough. And I think if the Bengals focus on running the ball this week, which they should, Mixon should do very well. He plays the Colts, a team that allows the second-most fantasy points to running back. So I think Mixon will get the work this week and I think he'll produce big. Another guy I like is Calvin Benjamin with the Panthers. He played with his knee injury last week, caught three passes for 65 yards. He looked healthy enough. He has 58 or more yards, four straight games, and at least three receptions, five of seven games. So Benjamin has been heavily used all season, and I think he'll get a lot of chances this week against Tampa Bay, which has been terrible against the pass all year. They allow the most fantasy points of receivers this season, and they rank 30th overall against the pass. So I think Benjamin should do very well in that high-scoring game against Tampa. Talk about hot plays. How about a couple cold plays for Week 8, Curtis? Who do you have on your bench for Week 8? Uh, so in a couple of weeks, I do have a wide receiver, Jarvis Landry, for the Dolphins. Um, I guess depending on maybe the depth of your team overall, you can still consider him in the flex play. But I do have my concerns uh, for tonight's Thursday night game. Um, they're at Baltimore. Baltimore is a very good defense, number two overall against wide receivers. Uh, tough matchup on the road. And Jay Culler was injured last week, so Matt Moore gets the start on a short week. You know, so there's very little time to prepare, and I wonder you know, what that does uh, potentially to Landry's status. And you know, I'll also talk about you know, Dolphins wide receivers, Devontae Parker. Uh, kind of unclear yet, but if he returns, that's just more... Uh, more mouths to feed for the Dolphins' offense. So I'm more concerned about Travis Landry. Again, I think he could maybe be a flex play. And he's definitely down on track these past three games, but I don't like the matchup tonight against Baltimore. So a cool play for me is Matthew Stafford. He's had another solid season, but he's had a couple snicker games. He had has two games with one of those scores and another game with just 122 yards. So he hasn't been quite that... MVP-type player that he was last year. And he plays the Steelers this week, and he could be without his top receiver, Golden Tate. I know Tate's been practicing, and they're a little more optimistic on him, but I still think Tate will miss the game this week. And Stafford plays Pittsburgh. He's first overall against the pass. They allow the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks for the season. So I think Stafford's a guy I would definitely leave on my bench for Week 8. And another guy I think I would leave on my bench is Carlos Hyde of San Francisco. And this comes as a surprise to me just because it hasn't seemed like he's had that great of a year, but Hyde's currently 11th overall in fantasy running back scoring. But So he's gotten his catches and been getting consistent work, but 
Sometimes he's been just so-so. He has fewer than 30 rushing yards two of his last three games, which is a concern for me. But as I mentioned about this matchup with the Eagles, the Eagles are very good against the uh, run, but they struggle against the pass. So I think San Francisco could look to throw the ball a little more, and I think the Eagles could really shut down Hyde in this matchup in the running game. So I think if you have better overall options at running back, I would go with them in week eight over Carlos Hyde, who plays the first-ranked overall Eagles rush defense. Curtis, another good week. We covered a lot of stuff this week. Hopefully our listeners were able to uh, gather some good info from us and helps when we helped set their lineups, gave them a lot of streaming options. I really appreciate you being on again with me. Uh, good luck in all your games this week, Curtis. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great time as always, Chef. I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right, great stuff, Curtis. That was Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real-Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for being a great guest on the show today and helping you get ready for week eight of the fantasy season. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone. 